Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. We got a lot to talk about today. Today's show is inspired by when we went to the casino a few weeks ago and won around $150 and we were ecstatic because we never gamble, so we just decided to go one night. We had gone out to dinner right before and realized we had almost covered our meals and drinks for the whole night. I'm going to channel my inner Rod Serling here. I want you to imagine for a moment that you go out to your local gas station to grab some gas and a soda. While in line, you decide to spend a few bucks on this week's lottery. You've done this a hundred times before, and you believe there's always that one chance. You forget you even bought the ticket until a few days later. You see it on the seat of your car. So you look up the winning numbers on your phone. To your surprise, it's a match. You're now the winner of $5 million. What do you do first? Do you call your spouse or your parents or your best friend? You drive to your state's lottery office with your ticket clutched tightly in your hand the whole time. You shakily walk in the door with your palms sweaty and looking over everyone as a threat to your precious lottery ticket. It's like carrying your firstborn child for the first time. Your ticket gets verified. You sign the back of it and you're ready to collect your millions. You may have already contacted a financial planner or a lawyer. You may have just called your wisest relative and asked for their advice. You're trying to decide if you want to remain anonymous or go public with your winnings. They give you a check and offer a police escort to your bank. A cop will follow you the whole way there. You've gone from making $40,000 a year to a multimillionaire overnight. Suddenly, your perfectly fine 2016 Honda Civic you leave in appears shitty. You drive past small businesses and realize you could own all of them if you wanted. You hear a noise as you're coming to a stoplight, and it's a noise you've been putting off for a while. The noise is indicating your brake pads need to be changed, but you don't care. You no longer have to care about your car's brake pads because you've already decided you're giving your car to the teenage kid down the street. You're going to buy a Porsche anyway. Where do you exactly go from here? Today, I'm going to talk to you about some folks that won major amounts of money and where they are today. I know there are lottery winners out there that were smart and invested some of their money or are able to put some of it away for their retirement. These are not those folks. I want to make it clear I'm not judging here. To be honest, I would probably do some dumb stuff too if I won $10 million. It's their 100% legal money and they are free to do whatever with it, they want with it. It's not our place to dictate what they spend their money on, but we can look at their stories and learn from them. This is the curse of the lottery winners. In 1990, Alex Toth was driving home one day, and he stopped at his local gas station. Alex only had $25 left in the bank after he paid his bills for the week. He had a wife at home and six kids from a previous marriage. So he decides to buy a $1 lottery ticket. Well, the next day, he discovers he's the winner of $13 million. Alex and his wife, Rhoda, tell others that their life will not change, and they'll still continue to be the same people they were before they won. This feeling doesn't last very long, though. They fly to Las Vegas, where they would stay for three months. The place they stayed at was $1,000 a night, and this was 1990. So in today's money, that's about $1,700 a night. So $1,000 a night times 90 days equals $90,000. And this was just their room. This doesn't include gambling, clothes, meals, drinks, and whatever else they were blowing their money on. They return home from Las Vegas after three months and buy a double-wide trailer and 10 acres of land. Alex's 19-year-old son gets upset because his parents quit giving him his weekly allowance, so he kills their dog and burns down Alex's car. 
Alex and Rhoda end up filing for bankruptcy twice. They were convicted of filing three years worth of taxes fraudulently because they were falsely reporting gambling losses in order to balance out their lottery money so they wouldn't have to pay as much in taxes. Alex gets arrested multiple times for large-scale marijuana growing and for writing bad checks. Eventually, they have to move in with Alex's son and his girlfriend, and this is the same son that killed their dog and set their car on fire. They are broke. The house they're living in doesn't even have any electricity. They're running a wire from the car engine into the house so they can have electric. While awaiting trial for tax fraud, Alex dies of a heart attack. Rhoda has to face the court alone now, and she was sentenced to two years in prison. She says that winning the lottery was the worst thing to ever happen to her. The next case is Laura and Roger Griffith. They are from England, and they are a young couple with children. Laura works as a school teacher, and Roger works as an IT tech. They have a four-bedroom house and a combined yearly income of $100,000. So they're doing pretty well for themselves already. Well, Roger bought a lottery ticket one day and won $2.4 million. They didn't keep this quiet at all. They immediately quit their jobs and have a photo shoot with champagne and smiles. In the first few days, Roger bought an Audi and they traveled to Dubai where they would vacation in this super fancy hotel. I see nothing wrong with buying a new car and traveling, by the way. But the next couple years would send them downhill. They didn't get a financial advisor. A financial advisor would be able to handle the stresses of the windfall of money and allot them a certain amount of money to spend. The person would have set aside some to invest in other places. They would have been a valuable asset to the couple, but they just start spending and they're rolling through this money pretty quickly. They bought a mansion in in the English countryside and they renovated the whole thing top to bottom. They bought all new furnishings for the house, like high dollar stuff. Remember, they quit their jobs, so every dollar that they were spending was coming from the lottery money. They decided to go to London and they stayed there for a while in a posh hotel. Lara begins wearing only Louis Vuitton clothes. They also put their kids in a private school. And this wasn't any private school, though. This is where the royal family kids and other celebrity kids attend. Lara begins getting plastic surgery and Botox, and Roger gets a ton of tattoo work done, but that's kind of expected. Roger and Lara think it's best that they buy this beauty salon as a way to have cash flow each month. They also bought another mansion that they could rent and have cash every month or sell down the road. Roger wants to be a rock star. He doesn't want this lifestyle to ever end. He gets his college buddies together at a hotel in London, and they decide to record an album. Recording the album would cost Roger $33,000. He was also paying a publicist $1,500 per month. His album sold 660 copies, and he took another loss. The beauty salon isn't doing so well either. Roger and Laura are losing about $5,000 per month. Also, they had to sell that second mansion for much lower than they bought it for. They're down to $900,000. They still vacation, but they are going to less expensive resorts. They also put their kids in a less expensive private school, you know, one that the royal kids aren't attending. Laura and Roger are having major marital issues. Roger is sleeping and drinking all day. He's mentally unstable. Laura is working 60 hours a week at their beauty salon trying to save it. She's also accusing Roger of having an affair. 
One day, the boiler room in their mansion has an explosion and the mansion catches on fire. The firefighters worked hard, but most of the mansion is completely destroyed and there's no real saving it. The mansion was super underinsured, so they're not getting its value back in cash. So they decide to rent a different mansion somewhere else. Roger was becoming severely depressed and would lock himself away for days. Laura decided after 14 years of marriage that she was done. She was still convinced that Roger was having an affair. Roger says Laura is cold and heartless and she got lazy and was throwing her money all over the place. They definitely weren't prepared for winning such a large sum of money. They had no idea how to manage such a large amount of cash. They were forced to sell off whatever assets they had. One of their properties was repossessed because they stopped making payments. Laura sold her high-end clothes, and Roger sold all of his music equipment. These two started out with a picture-perfect marriage. They were happy working as a teacher and an IT tech. They're both in new relationships today, and they agree that winning the lottery was the worst thing to ever happen to them, and they're sickened by the amount of money that they had spent. The next case is Jack Whitaker. Man, you guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned Jack's story into a movie. Jack is a 55-year-old man living in West Virginia. He's the president of some kind of construction firm, so he's already wealthy to begin with. He has a net worth of $17 million. One day back in 2002, Jack stops at his local supermarket to pick up a sandwich and he buys $100 worth of lottery tickets. He never plays the lottery, but he saw a sign that this the current lottery is the biggest there's ever been. So he figures he's going to try his luck at it. The next day is Christmas and he's home relaxing with his family on Christmas night and the numbers are getting drawn on TV. He sees the numbers are a match. Jack is the sole winner of the biggest multi-state lottery in history at that time. He won $315 million. Just to put that into perspective for you, the last story I told you about, Roger and Laura, had won $2.4 million. Jack wins $315 million. So he opts to have the taxes taken out of it beforehand. He walks away with a lump sum of $114 million. He doesn't have to pay any more taxes on it ever. He doesn't even know where to start. I believe Jack had good intentions in the beginning. He donated $14 million to a program that feeds and clothes the homeless. He also found the grocery store worker that sold him the ticket, and he gives her $45,000, a new house, and a new car. Well, it doesn't take long before Jack's Christmas fortune begins to take a dark turn. The guy made a lot of bad decisions. I've never had $114 million, so I can't judge him, but I know he wishes he would have handled this money better. In 2003, Jack is at a strip club. This is about one year after he won the money. He's inside, and some thieves know that he's inside, so they break into his car. There they find a suitcase that contained $545,000. I don't know about you guys, but $545,000 would pay off the rest of my house, my car, all my debt, and I'd still have money left over. And it's just chilling in a suitcase in his car. No big deal. The thieves got away with it. A few months later, same situation. Jack is in the strip club, suitcase full of cash in his car. Thieves break in, and this time it had $200,000 in it. He was robbed again. When asked why he was rolling around with such large amounts of money, Jack said, because I can. Jack has a granddaughter named Brandy. 
Brandy is only 17 years old and she lives with him. And I don't blame her. She's a teenage girl and she doesn't want to live at home with her parents. She wants to stay with Grandpa Moneybags. So she's living there and she gets whatever she wants. She gets access to cash like it is water. So Brandy has a boyfriend who is 18 and he's hanging out at Jack's house with Brandy. Sadly, he ends up overdosing and he dies. Brandy is devastated and feels responsible because he was at her house. Three months later, after her boyfriend dies, Brandy is found dead, wrapped in a plastic tarp on one of her friend's properties. The cause of death was undetermined, and no one was ever charged. She was only 17 years old. Jack said she was the sole heir heir to his fortune. She was going to inherit everything. Jack had gotten multiple DUIs. He was attending court for one of them, and he is shaking with anger. He lashes out at the judge for focusing on his troubles when there has been no arrest in whoever killed his granddaughter. He tells the court to go after his granddaughter's killer instead of worrying about whatever he's doing. And I strongly agree with this one. Maybe one day I'll have to cover Brandy's case. Jack gets sued by Caesars Palace in Atlantic City. He bounced $1.5 million worth of checks to cover his gambling losses. In 2007, a woman named Kitty sues Jack for some undisclosed reason, and she wins. So she goes to court to complain that he's not making any payments to her. They investigate and find out that Jack, a few months ago, was robbed of all of his winnings. A few very sophisticated thieves wrote 12 checks and went to 12 different banks and cashed them all. Jack is now broke. In 2009, this is seven years after winning the money, Jack's daughter, who is Brandy's mom, was found dead in her home. She was 42. It was not released publicly what happened to her, but it wasn't foul play. This might indicate suicide due to the death of her daughter, but I'm not going to speculate any further. It could have been a heart attack, but from what I've gathered, I'm leaning more towards the first one. In 2016, Jack catch, Jack's house catches fire. It burns to the ground. It was deemed a total loss. No one was injured, The house, but the house had no insurance, so they didn't get a dollar from it. Two months ago, on June 27, 2020, Jack passed away. He had been suffering with an illness for a long time. He was 72 years old. Jack was interviewed a few years back, and he said, I'm only going to be remembered as the lunatic who won the money. I'm not proud of that. I want to be remembered as someone who helped a lot of people. Rest in peace, Jack. In 1999, Tonda Dickerson is working at a Waffle House in Alabama. Tonda is divorced and in her late 20s. A customer named Edward Seward finishes his meal and he gives each waitress a lottery ticket. He's done this before and he's a regular there. Everyone just kind of knows him as Mr. Ed. He also bought tickets for his family and friends often. The drawing wouldn't be for another week. Well, Tonda's ticket is the winner of $10 million. She can take the $10 million paid out over 30 years, with her, or she could take $5 million as a lump sum. She took the 30 years, which is absolutely crazy. Anyone will tell you, take the lump sum and get the taxes taken out of it beforehand like Jack did. So Tonda's co-workers find themselves in court fighting for part of the money because they had all agreed that if any of them ever hit, they would share it. Well, Tonda's refusing to give up anything to them. The court decides that a pinky promise made in the Waffle House is not enough to warrant her giving them any money since it was a a oral contract. So her former Waffle Waffle House coworkers are pissed. They hate this woman. 
Well, Edward Seward, the guy that bought her the ticket, tells the court, now, wait a minute. She told me if she ever won, she would buy me a new truck. You can't make this stuff up. He didn't win that one either. Tonda is still the only person with any money. She ended up running into some legal trouble with the IRS and ended up having to pay almost $2 million in gift taxes. Tonda's ex-husband forced his way into Tonda's pickup truck one day and drove her from Grand Bay across the state line to Jackson, Mississippi. He says he's going to kill her. Once there, Tonda pulled out a 22 caliber pistol from her purse, which she had been keeping in there the whole time. She shot him in his chest, but he survived. Tonda was not charged, and her ex-husband was charged with kidnapping. I can't find any info about where Tonda is today. I hope she's well, and she still has some of her money now 20 years later. In another co-worker scenario, in 2009, Americo Lopez, who is a construction worker, collected a few bucks from each of his five co-workers and went out and bought lottery tickets for them. They end up winning the New Jersey lottery. Well, Americo is holding the winning ticket. Its value, $38 million. The problem here is that Americo doesn't tell his coworkers that they've won. He instead comes into work and says, well, fellas, I'm going to have to quit because I hurt my foot and I need surgery on it. Months later, he comes clean to one of his former coworkers and they decide to sue him for everything he's got. They claimed America was sent out to buy the tickets with their combined money. He didn't he just didn't disclose that they had won. Lesson here, if a coworker is picking up tickets for you guys to share, have them make copies of the tickets and give them to each person. <laughs> the men stated that they had worked with Americo for years and considered him a close friend. They hung out with each other's families and helped work on each other's houses. The judge awarded the men their shares of the winnings and America was forced to give up what he had left. Billy Bob Harold Jr. is from Texas. In June of 1997, he wins $31 million. He had the annuity option. I told you guys about this earlier and how it's a bad idea. He would get $1 million a year for 30 years. He quit his job as a stocker at Home Depot. He takes his wife and kids to Hawaii for vacation. He donates $10,000 to his church. He bought cars and houses for his family and friends. He was very generous and ended up having to change his phone number because people kept calling him and asking for money. He calls one of those places that converts your annuity into a lump sum of cash, but there was a catch. He wouldn't be able to get all of it. That's how they make their money. So he settled for much less than his $31 million payout. He and his wife end up getting a divorce. Well, Billy's son comes home one day and finds his dad dead with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He had told a financial advisor a week before that winning the lottery was the worst thing that ever happened to him. Rest in peace, Billy. Denise Rossi won $1.3 million. This is another dumbass that took the annuity option. This would be $66,000 a year. Well, she keeps it a secret and doesn't even tell her husband. A few days later, she tells him, you know, I've been thinking, I think we should get a divorce. So they divorce. Well, her husband gets this solicitation in the mail addressed to his wife. She had moved out months before. This piece of mail is from one of those J.G. Wentworth type places. It says, we help lottery winners like you to receive a lump sum payment for the present value of their future annual lottery payments. So he's scratching his head like, what lottery winnings? 
Her ex-husband sued her, and a judge says she acted out of malice and fraud. He awarded every single cent of the winnings to her ex-husband. He would be the one to collect $66,000 per year for the next 30 years. Moral of the story, it pays to be honest from the beginning. I do think it's important to end this one on a different note. In 2013, Tom Christ won the lottery, $40 million. He had lost his wife two years prior to cancer, so he doesn't tell anyone that he won for six months and he's still living frugally. He's still driving the same car and not really spending any money outside of his normal income. After six months, he decides he's going to donate the entire thing to a cancer charity. His wife had died of cancer, and he did the best thing that he could do to honor his, honor her. Well, his adult adult daughter didn't even know that he had won. She's surfing Facebook and sees her dad on the news getting interviewed. He tells the host he's not even going to smile for a photo. She said she's not surprised he donated the whole thing. I kind of wish he would have done something for himself, like a hot rod car or a long vacation. But nope, all $40 million went to a cancer charity. There's a whole lot of stories out there about lottery winners who have gone broke. Remember this, if you hit the lottery, 70% will go broke in just three years. Do what you can to prevent being one of those people. I think this also shows money can buy happiness at first, but it's very temporary. It doesn't last. That's it for today. Think long and hard about your decisions if you happen to come into some kind of windfall. Take care and much love to you all.